Hello listeners, welcome to Chatty AF, the anime feminist podcast, and the episode that I am calling the Ava Ending Extravaganza. Once again, I am your host, uh, Vry. I'm an editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. You can find all the freelance work I do on my Twitter, at, at writervry, or you can find the other podcast I co-host, at TrashPod. And with me, uh, very, very patiently, <laughs> are uh, D, Isaac, and Lizzie. Remember, you're going to be nice and civil. Was that for us or for the listeners? <laughs> no, that's for like, the I listeners. Like Y'all job. can say whatever you want. You have the microphones. <laughs> oh, the power. <laughs> yes. Yes, but once more, you can introduce yourselves and tell people where they can find your good, good stuff. Sure. Hi, I'm Dee. I'm the managing editor at Annie Femme. You can find all my writings on my blog, The Jose Next Door, and that is J-O-S-E-I. I have discovered that a lot of people don't know how to spell it. Uh, and you can also <laughs> hang out with me on Twitter at Jose Next Door. Once again, J-O-S-E-I. <laughs> I get Josie next door more often than you'd think. So. Oh, I love Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, hi, my name is Lizzie. My nomi is that nerdy Boliviane. You can find all the stuff I've written on thatnerdyboliviane.com. You can follow me at Lizzie Visitante on Twitter, and my pronouns are they, them. And yes, once again, it's Isaac, um, former associate features editor at Crunchyroll, semi retired Annie blogger at majinabarrel.com. And you can find me on Twitter at iblessall, where I um, make tweet threads like comforting cute anime pictures after I've watched the end of Evangelion to help me feel better. <laughs> yeah. That's a good that's a good temperature taker prelim for this. Man, I always forget to tell people my pronouns are they. I feel like I've given up that fight on podcasting where my voice sounds like this. Um but yes, so I we are full of end of Ava thoughts because as y'all really remember from the last episode we got so deep into it with episodes 21 through 24 that there just was not time in an hour to get into the finale so now we're doing both and let's start and reach way back in our minds what were your feelings about episodes 25 and 26 of the tv series uh tv ending we'll call it <laughs> well, I'm yeah, I'm trying to remember what I said two weeks ago because I feel like I maybe got a little bit into it or however long it was ago that we recorded. Yeah, but we sort of touched um, on it, yeah. I I think I and I think I said this, but in case I didn't, you know, I think by the end of episode twenty five and like maybe the first uh quarter of twenty six, I I was pretty checked out. Um as an, and I think maybe it's interesting because when we get to end of Evangelion, we'll get like the further context for this. But I think for me, like one of the um, like breaking points was when in 25, we get those very quick shots of Misato um, and Ritsuko um, having been killed. And then we just kind of gloss over that and move on to everything else. And by that point, I was, you know, sort of just threw up my hands and was like, well, you know, I don't even what what's there left for me to to care about. Um, and so I went into episode twenty six just being like, oh, please let this end quickly. Um, but I ended up being actually kind of surprised because the final seventy five percent of episode twenty six 
somehow pulled it out of the fire for me and by the end i was like oh yeah i like like that ending and then i was really you know confused about my feelings because like i thought i hated this and i was just ready to just have one feeling but now i have multiple (laughs) feelings and i don't really know what to do with that (laughs) i don't know complex feelings why can't it just be simple (sighs) i think i felt confused and most of the time like i'm asking why that was my general feelings of episodes 25 and 26 I mean, I think I understood what Anna was trying to say in those two episodes, but in a way I felt like it really missed the mark for me. And, you know, like, I just felt like the positive validation that Shinji got in the end was kind of like, I get it, but it's not really hitting me the way I wanted to. And I was more upset with that ending in a way because... I wanted Asuka to be there in the center as well because they go into this whole psychoanalyzing everybody's thoughts and feelings and you kind of examine like Asuka's feelings in those episodes but she's not really in the center with Shinji at all. She's uh, she's clapping for him too along with everyone else which I don't think is fair because I'm like she deserves some kind of a closure too but yeah but I think overall after not getting into the movie too much, but I, after having seen the movie, I 100% prefer this finale than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. And actually, you know, I've dunked a- on the new, the writing of the new dub a lot on this podcast. One thing that I absolutely unequivocally love about it is it realized that, that it's kind of fucked that 25 spends so much time on Misato and Asuka and then kind of dumps them to only resolve things for Shinji. So the dub um, video, uh, the audio directors decided to layer in Asuka and Misato's voices at the very end when Shinji has his big revelatory line about maybe I can learn oh. to like myself. And I, oh, nice. I really like that's that. Nice. So like, even though you're not seeing them, you get the sense that, oh, this process is happening for them too. Like, I thought that was a really smart touch. And I wish that the show had, the the new recording had been allowed to do more interesting things like that. Wow, that's, you know, that is, uh, not to get too deep into that, but that is just a really fascinating, um, you know, just example of how how something like, you know, localization and dubbing, you know, something into another language can actually, you know, have... Like, obviously it does, but I think this is a, a, that's a really clear example of how that can have, like, sort of an artistic um, side to, to it on its own. Um, and, like, it, making it more interpretation rather than just, you know, sort of we're doing a one-to-one move from one thing to another. So that's, like, a whole other conversation, but that's yeah. very interesting and very too, cool. I love it. Yeah, I like that. Because I, I think you and, and D, you voiced some of that, that same frustration, too, that it picks into all these these very ugly things with three characters, but then we only have time to resolve it for Shinji, and that kind of sucks if you've been on this ride for an ensemble cast. Yeah, it, it breaks everybody down, but then it only allows Shinji to get built back up, which um, is unfair to the other characters who deserve more than that um and it's i again i say poor storytelling that if you're going to build up these character arcs you don't just drop them because you decided they weren't important anymore uh you have to do something with that so i had a i had a very viscerally negative reaction to the end of the tv show which i was not expecting um i have cooled off since then and especially after the movie have become um fairly complimentary of the tv ending again and i was kind of like i remember 
having fairly fond memories of the TV ending. And then when I watched it this time and I didn't, I was like, what? I was like, I know a lot's changed, but, you know, it's been like 15 years. But I wonder why. And then I rewatched End of Ava and I went, okay, so yeah, in retrospect, the TV ending is so much, is much more my speed and, and the a preferred uh, narrative arc for me. My my thing with the end of this TV series, other than the, the of what we've been talking about, that it dumps the other characters to the side, um, which is a huge issue. Um, other than that, my issue with it is Shinji has what is basically... End of Ava, how did I put it when I was yelling at Vry? Um, basically, end of Ava, not end of Ava, the end of the TV series gave me like an existential crisis and then just patted me on the back and walked away and acted and acted like it had solved the existential crisis. And it definitely hadn't. It solved, it's, it thinks it solved depression and it didn't, is I believe what you yelled that was at the other. That was the other thing I shouted at you because... It, and this is, this is uh, Brian, I think, you, I think you called this the paradox of Ava last week, whether that was on the call, whether that was being recorded or not, uh, I can't remember. Uh, because I don't want to, I don't want to come down too hard on the ending, because I know Anna was going through a lot, and this helped him, and this has helped other people, and I think that's very, very good, and I don't want to feel like an asshole for criticizing it. Um, but what bugs me, what got me at the end of it was that Shinji has what is, like, basically his first major breakthrough. And that's a very important moment, and the sky opens up for him, and that's that's great. But then it just ends, as if that has solved everything. And that's not how mental health works, or just health in general, or relationships with people. Like, I really think if the show had given us, like, just just a quick coda, like, two minutes with the credits running, showing us what the world looks like after that, and, like, what small what small steps are being made and because there's continuing to be work um one thing i you know i grumbled to variety i was like yeah shinji has decided he can like himself but the world is still like a climate disaster and their country is run by fascists this doesn't seem topical at all uh, yeah, it's, oh. it almost like forgets like hey we had a deaf cult <laughs> like trying to like destroy the world so like it completely forgets about that towards the yeah, end and what was the point of all that almost you know yeah it, it pushes that issue uh, that that we've come back to time and again of the the metaphor and the plot details are ever increasingly separating as the plot goes on and if it, it it hits the finale and it just breaks like it shatters into two pieces mm. yeah pretty much i had a really interesting time watching this um both for the podcast and for the article i did on ign i've been thinking about the finale a lot mm-hmm. um and the very first time I watched the series, I was I was in college, and episode twenty five triggered me really bad. Yeah, um, I was I ended up like under my bed having a really bad anxiety spiral. Um, I think this show can be legitimately harmful to watch if you don't have a grip on where your brain is. Um, and I I think maybe people don't warn for that in maybe the way they should. Um, yeah, it it hits hard. And so I kind of hated 26 because I was really deep in my depression and did not have an, a finale on it. So 20 or a handing on it. So 26 just seemed like these empty platitudes. And I know that that's not true for all people, but for me, it didn't. Yeah. It just, it seemed impossible. And, but then like watching it where I am now in a much healthier place, it felt nostalgic, like a reaffirmant of 
you did this and, you know, mental health is a lifelong journey and you've had breakthroughs like this and you're going to keep having them and you can do it. So I feel like looking as a tool, looking backward to somebody who has actively got a grip and, and living with their mental health rather than trying to dig their way out, it feels much more complete and comforting to me, which I wonder if isn't the same for how Otto was feeling when he when he wrote it. Although at the same time, there are some very upsetting uh, interview segments of Otto talking about how he had a pretty bad depressive spiral after he finished working on this ending uh, to the point where he describes going up to the roof of the office and just kind of standing on the edge of the building and sticking his foot out, like thinking about it. That's tough. Oof. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because... You know, the episode itself is like, uh, I guess, and now I guess we're pretty much just on to 26 is, um, you know, there's a, a lot of really recognizable patterns of just the way that Shinji talks to himself um, and the way that like manifests a lot of times. And obviously everyone's depression is different, uh, but there's a lot that's really recognizable and I think true to life there. But we only get 26 minutes of that. And for Anno, I mean, I don't know the details of exactly how long it takes to produce a single episode of anime. But certainly, you know, this is something that for him, he was working on, you know, a lot more, a lot longer than 26 minutes. And so, you know, it's, it's almost interesting that, you know, for us um, from the outside, we could say like, you know, it seems a little like short and not incomplete. And for him, you know, maybe he was feeling like, a similar a sim in a similar way just from a uh, from a different perspective of like you know I've spent so much time on this and it's still not not complete kind of like you were saying Vry you know it's a it's a lifelong journey these kinds of things mm-hmm. yeah there is definitely a fairly famous interview where he talks about getting this kind of 101 uh, psychology book and having this breakthrough about Ray in particular, and, and um, like all of a sudden what he wanted to say with this was clear to him, having it laid out in black and white like that, which I think is maybe why it's so insufferably didactic for a big chunk of the episode. Because once again, it's just Otto talking at himself. Uh, I did want to ask how you all felt um, about the the AU section, the, the high school AU. <laughs> really good. I felt great about that. I like Ray running with toast in her mouth. I felt great about that. That was good. Uh, I thought it was okay. It felt a little out of place considering what everything that was happening in the episode. But I but I guess it was nice to see a, what could have been if these kids were in a healthier environment. I mean, I don't think I liked some tropes, <laughs> high school, tr- like some, some tropes replicated in those moments. Like, Yeah, they could have been in a mediocre harem anime. Woo! I mean, that's basically what it is, right? Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot in that episode that's very similar to the first episode of Nisekoi. I'm not sure if any of you have seen that or watched it, but, you know, like, yeah, it's very yeah. <laughs> stock. And, you know, putting all those uh, problematic elements aside, um, yeah, I guess it was nice to envision what these kids would look like if they were in a healthier environment and maybe they have better home lives and whatnot, but in the end, we're still back to, like, them literally being psychoanalyzed and we're stuck in their head trying to get them through the traumas that they're trying to work through. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I I guess the point of it is sort of to show, because Shinji kind of keeps talking about, like, all I have is piloting the Ava. I can't imagine doing anything else and having worth in the world, which is obviously a terrible place to be in, especially for something that's as toxic for him as piloting the Ava. Um, and so he this AU is kind of like, oh, so there actually are other existences that could be there for me so it's I, I I guess it's supposed to kind of give him hope at the at like the possibilities but I mean kind of as Lizzie has pointed out as we have continued to say like their actual physical reality has not changed though yeah right hoping things will be better will not bring your dead mom <laughs> that, back yeah um will no, not bring her out of the giant robot again though would have still been a very uninvolved parent even in the AU so yeah I miss the old dub. The old dub had a time with the with the high school AU stuff. <laughs> it just did not give a fuck about the original script. Oh gosh, that sounds precious. It it's real cute. Um, yeah, though, and it it is wild for me every time I see it on a metal level because that kind of almost Rick and Morty'd Evangelion as a franchise because there are eight billion spinoffs that are just AU versions of the characters. There's one that's a mediocre harem anime, Uh and there's one that's Evangelion characters, but it's Persona, and there's one where Shinji and Kaoru are part of a detective agency with Kaji, and, like, you want an AU? Ava franchise has you covered. (laughs) I mean, that's what you always want out of a really, like, sad and depressing show right as you want to like see those characters i don't that that part was interesting to yeah on a meta level because you know like there's such an impulse i feel like for a lot of dark and like very serious shows where people just want to you know like go draw fan art of the characters like you know having a cop like a a coffee shop the coffee shop yeah Yeah. like you you know there's just that impulse where you like I just want these people to be happy. So you're like, okay, well, let's go and create something where, you know, they're totally divorced from all of, you know, this bad stuff that's happening and, and they and they feel, you know, they can be happy. And then you feel better too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely that the instinct is real. Uh, all right, we are reaching about a third of the way and we should probably get talking about the movie. Do you all have anything, any last words you want to say about the about TV ending? Um... Despite my initial um, very, very sharp, angry reaction to it, um, I have calmed down on that front. I still have criticisms, but I think it is undeniably something that the, that a creator poured their soul into. It is a very sincere ending, even if it is sort of overcomplicated at points and oversimplified at points. Um, and I think that I think that that comes through, even if the even if all of the the meanings and intent don't necessarily reach the audience, I think that that sincerity of the intent does come through, and I think that makes it one of those things where even if it did kind of piss me off at the time, like it's much easier to soften on and to look back on more favorably, um, because it is it is something that is desperately trying to tell you something, um, and maybe it didn't click exactly with me, but I think that is an important aspect of fiction and. Um, I think that having that, the thing it is desperately trying to tell you to basically be like, look after yourself and each other and don't get too down on yourself. I think that's, I mean, that's good. At the, at the end of the day, that is, that is valuable. So. Mm-hmm. And I guess there is some in that being kind of the resolution, I guess there, I, I guess there's some merit in that, like Shinji's problems are exacerbated by the, like ex- his external circumstances, but inherently they're like internal issues to him. And so I, I guess there, to me, there is some fairness 
in the fact that sort of the way the TV show ends up concluding is that, you know, it's not about the the big, like, conflict of the world outside. It's just about, you know, him working through his issues. And so there's something about that that I can, that can, that I can appreciate. Uh, overall, I felt like the narrative is really incoherent and all over the place and it definitely i feel like at the end of the day missed the mark for me but at at the same time i feel like i can 100% understand what anna was going for in the end and i like the sincerity of what he was trying to say even though i don't really feel like it resonated with me the way maybe he intended or whatnot but I mean, that's fine. I mean, the message is a good one. And yeah, like, you know, for folks to take care of each other, to maybe hopefully it'll inspire other people to make them realize that maybe they will like themselves someday, even though that moment might not be now. Right. But but that's as if but that's also assuming anybody will ever make it to 26 and don't drop it. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. All right. Uh so I want to give a little bit of guidance on how we get to the movie because I think coming in as a new fan, it can be a little intimidating to look at all of just the titles that exist. Mm-hmm. What What is this? What do I watch next? We had a long conversation about exactly where the, the movie off, off, off recording we did. Yes. All right. So very like very briefly, it goes like this. They finish the end of the series as I uh, read that beautiful auto quote. Last time, uh, he regrets nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, and there is kind of some disagreement as to what happens next. If he wants to work on his unused scripts, Toshio Okada, uh, the studio president of Gainax, maybe talks about other people wanted to... That might not be Okada. Uh, but there, there's discussion of they at the studio want to do some more with Ava, so let's look at those scripts and let's make a movie and so they come out with about a year after the finale of the tv series which was absolutely shredded by fans and critics uh well there was some division but yeah there were a lot of people who really hated it they come out with this thing called death and rebirth which is half recap film where you you know kind of remind fans what's happening with the what happened with the TV series intercut with about five minutes of new footage. So people will come to see it. And then on the back half of it, they include the first half of end of Evangelion, the movie and fans were not happy that the movie was not done. There was a lot of raging and gnashing of teeth and death threats sent to Gynax, including stuff, uh, graffiti being painted on the Gynax studio. And it was a bad time. So Anno looked at, the Anno looked at the response to Death and Rebirth, which, by the way, if, if you look on Netflix, you will see that uh, there's something called Death True. That is not what was originally released in 1997. That's a re-edited version that's only the recap film, basically. So Anno looks at that and he says, all right, motherfuckers. I'm going to make a movie about how y'all otaku need to go outside. And it's a lot of uh, the people around it talk about, you know, this is as much a call out for him because he grew up as, as a major otaku. And he's talking about how 
it's really important to be able to separate fantasy from reality and just live your life. And so the second half of End of Ava and the film as a whole is released through that mindset, including actual shots of those uh, death threat letters. Right. And wasn't the there's some footage of people in a theater. And if I, I feel like I read it at some point that that was like actual footage of people watching maybe the original recap or something like that. That might not be right, but I feel like I saw that somewhere sometime. I I don't have a confirmation on that, but I would believe it. Ah, uh, so here's the quote from Deputy Director Kazuya Tsurimaki uh, for the End of Evangelion theatrical program book, which honestly I would love to have a copy of, though probably so rare. For example, Hideki Anno said that anime fans are too introverted and need to get out more. Further, he should be happy that non-anime fans are watching his work, right? But when all is said and done, Hideki Anno's comments on Evangelion's two endings are that it is a message aimed at anime fans, including himself, and of course me too. In other words, it's useless for non-anime fans to watch it. If a person who can already live and communicate normally watches it, they won't learn anything. So I can't see this movie as anything but like this beautifully righteous rage at like the 90s version of anime avatar incels. And consequently, I love it very much. <laughs> I take it. I, I get the impression y'all did not have the same feelings. Well, I mean. You want to go first? <laughs> I, sure. Yeah, I guess. So I guess I can, because I feel like there's two, because of all, everything that you've just said, there's two ways that I have to like look at the look at the movie and there is one and I think I know you talked about right just now like he was Anna was looking at the response to the first half um and the recap film when he was making the second but I mean I think you get a pretty good sense that even the first half is aimed at some of the response from the original um Evangelion um, you know, because I think if, you know, that opening scene isn't a call out to say, hey, don't uh, fetishize female characters who are like in the midst of serious trauma, <laughs> like, uh, you know, what else, what else is there? So, you know, I can look at it that way and like see a lot of the things that are going on and be like, okay, like, I see what you're doing there. And I guess it works on that. And then I like, and that's one side. And then there's my emotion, personal emotional response, uh, which is, oh, I don't really like this very much. And, um, you know, maybe it's because, you know, I don't feel like I really qualify as, you know, a 90s uh, anime avatar incel. And so, like, I, you know, it's sort of like, I guess, maybe being lectured um, over, some, over like, if somebody was like, okay, like, you shouldn't do this, this, and this. And you're like, well, I don't do those things. So, like, could you, like, please let me just have, like, a happy ending for these characters I like? no. Oh, okay. As for me, um, even though knowing all of that, I tried my best to look at the movie as just as a movie on its own. And I immediately checked out within the first few minutes because <laughs> it's when, um, you know, Shinji was masturbating at Atsuka's boobs in the hospital room. I was, yeah, it was a lot. And it's rough. Immediately I was like, these are, I, I hate the movie for a lot of reasons, but I hate that so much of the time throughout the movie i was thinking shinji just feels extremely out of character in the movie because mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. though he has had moments in the tv show when he's been super depressed and sad but even then he's always pushed himself to do the right thing to help others when they see they need help 
in this one, all that stuff that was remotely likable about him is thrown out the window. And yeah, I get that Anna was really mad. But at the same time, like, did you have to take it out on these characters that are in constant pain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Uh, so quick aside, uh, that that opening scene that we've been talking about. Uh, when I saw, first saw this movie, I had no damn clue what had happened in that scene. None. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what's on his hand. What? What just happened? What? I don't. It was years later. Years later that I finally realized what was going <laughs> yeah, on in that scene. In the supermarket. Um, it's amazing. I was so young <laughs> and innocent. Um, if only I could have stayed. No. Um, I'm kidding. But anyway, uh, no, Lizzie, I completely agree with you. Um, I think the film turns it's, turns Shinji and Rei especially into symbols. They stop being characters. They start being they are symbols or mouthpieces for an idea, and it becomes a spite movie. And I mean, personal feelings about the uh, value of spite movies aside, um, you have it. It does it compl- It undoes the past storytelling like the the layer of the of the series that was a character drama that was about you know people in this in this situation you know trying to live their lives and communicate with each other is basically gone for the second half of the film i think it's there for the first half because i think misato and asuka managed to maintain their uh personhood uh they're treated like shit but they do maintain their personhood um and then asuka gets ripped apart i cried a little bit this time and then it's I just didn't so care. I didn't game. care in the second half because I was like, these aren't people. It's just Anno shouting uh, opinions at me. And I mean, the TV show definitely has moments where it turns into like a lecture, but it's a lecture that comes out of what feels like the character's actual mindsets. It feels like, you know, uh, the train of thought that these characters would actually be having. And I don't know if maybe there's an idea here about how genuine depression, if left untreated, can spiral into this this rage that Shinji ends up feeling in the film. Um, I don't know if that's what he was trying to go for, if he just didn't care about character consistency at all at, at this point and was just yelling at his, at his toxic fan base. And even then, like, his solution for solving Asuka's depression was so... Uh, that's another, another thing that I checked out of completely, when she all of a sudden felt better that uh, her mom was part of the Ava and that her mom was with her this whole time. And all of a sudden, she's like back to being Asuka that we love. And I'm like, no, that's not the stuff that you're angry about and are reacting to is legitimately valid. <laughs> what are you all of a sudden fine about? Well, and she has that great awakening and then fights this epic battle and does really good. And then, uh, well, it didn't actually matter anyways. It made no difference. Yeah. Yeah, And and, uh, I I just wrote, I wrote in my notes, you know, at that point, I'm like, man, it just like, it really sucks to be uh, a girl in the, I felt like, you know, this especially, we talked about, I mean, when we were talking about the other ending and how the, all the other major characters who are all women basically kind of get pushed to the side and then you get now you've got this movie and instead of just like they're sort of getting brushed aside now they're having like lots of uh very visceral violence enacted on them and again i can see where you say well okay that's the point you know like that's where ano looking mm-hmm. at it, at the fans and saying oh you know you wanted you know the end of the movie and uh, you know you wanted to see what actually like happened in the physical like meat space here you go do you like this are you happy and i'm like i didn't i was cool with the f- first ending and i i 
I didn't need this now. Yeah. And now I'm sad. <laughs> Let me just poke this hornet's nest a little more. How do you feel about the kiss? <laughs> I hate it so much. I like, hate it more I, than anything else I'm, in the I'm whole series. I'm looking at my notes and I, and I, I have it so in all caps, capitalized, underlined, everything. Why? It's like everything that I loved about that relationship yep. was... And one kiss, crap, a deep throat kiss, I think, at that, was thrown out the window. I was like, no, oh, I hate it. And she has uh, she has such that great line right before that, you won't always be the same person you are now, which I felt was like, you know, like of all the sort of like luxury type things we get, like something that was unique and sort of profound in a way that a lot of other things weren't. Because it sort of like addresses the root cause without being so direct about it, and then yeah, and then you know that happens, and and then she dies right after that, so that's cool. Yeah. Yep. And, oh, it sucks. That that made me sad. I was like, uh, I I didn't even care that she died, and that's what what made me so mad. I was like, wow, you really did it, movie. You made me not care about the one character, one of the few characters that were like, was like a beacon in this damn show. Yeah. I disagree with none of the words that you have said. Sure. But may I put on my hat for a go, minute? Go for it. Yes. Go ahead. I, what you hat, so is, what hat is this? <laughs> <laughs> this is my very jaunty, I've spent too long thinking about this movie hat sure. and come around on it. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely none of the things... I disagree with none of these things that you have said. Um, as a As a narrative conclusion that you know if one would expect to resolve the characters conflicts in a satisfying manner congruent with how the the tv series up to that point it sucks ass it's bad at it and it's bitter and Anno's decision to do a spite film uh pretty much kills any interest it has as uh, as, as a narrative property um I mentioned, I can't remember if it was on podcast or not, ages and ages ago, that I really, 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 really hate the kind of fandom obsession with trying to figure out, you know, how do you consolidate the TV ending and End of Ava and, like, make them one contiguous mm -hmm. thing that both happened. I hate that because they are so incredibly thematically yeah. antithetical to yep, one another. I agree. Yeah, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so for me, like the way that I finally, I, I keep getting stuck on that image of, you know, in, in the TV ending, there's the shots of all the, you know, production equipment and the stage lights and they turn on as Shinji has his revelation. And then in the movie, there's baby Shinji playing in the, the park and there's a, there's a light there for no reason. And it is just deliberately dark. Like we are refusing to realize anything now and you're going to sit through it. Um, so for me, the only way I was able to come around on the movie eventually is to think of them as two divergent paths that could have happened for Shinji as a character. He kills Kaoru and either, you know, he hits bottom, if you will, and either he faces up to what's going on and has his breakthrough or he lashes out and like capitalizes on, you know, those things that I think are there in the tv series where he gets angry at misato and asuka for 
you know, the fact that he's horny at them and, and they don't want that from him. And he turns that into being their fault or, or the fact that, you know, his father abandoned him. And he has those moments in the series where he's like, I don't understand. And why won't you do this for me? And instead of realizing that, yes, other people can be awful, but also I need to take care of myself and I need to work on my mental health issues. It becomes this thing of like, I'm not wrong. They're wrong. And I need to inflict violence on them. And I think... At, you're right. I think I would agree with you, D. Um, Shinji is absolutely a symbol. You know, he is a, a vehicle for in, in the movie. But it's also like, it's this very believable, ugly, worst case scenario that I buy and that has never stopped being relevant to anime fandom, I don't think. You know, maybe because we work on the internet and we deal with the kind of people who turned into movie Shinji every day. Um... And so it kind of resonates with me on that front, that horrible, the scene in the kitchen where Asuka just lays him out with, you don't actually want me. You just want, it does, it could be anyone. I'm just the only one here. And rather than be able to face up to that, he strangles her. And like, it's, it's so upsetting. It is this mental health toxicity becoming masculine uh violence and it just just in a way that i find compelling and i i I like that the fact that i don't think it entirely is a spite film in terms of kaoru and ray which a thing i totally forgot to mention last episode the reason i ended up bringing up like manga kaoru and all of those other adaptations is i think it kind of does matter that the fandom has been so dedicated to saying, well, maybe maybe Kaoru is something shifty. Maybe he actually was in it to hurt Shinji all along because, like, it's... There's something very insidious about the fact that it's taken this... That, that, that the largely cis male fan base has taken this relationship that, by all terms, was something really important and loving and said, no, this, this has to be devious somehow. This has to be toxic somehow. Because it makes me feel uncomfortable about myself. Um, that's an aside. And uh, But I think there is hope in this movie. Like, Rei and Kaoru show up to offer it to Shinji. And they're, you know, that people can understand each other. And essentially they reiterate a potted version of the end of the TV series. And Shinji doesn't want it. He doesn't want it the same way they didn't want the TV ending. So we just end up back to that moment where he floats out of the sea like, I'm just going to repeat these same mistakes over and over again because mental health is just an endless spiral that you can't break out of until you face up to your own shit. I guess we're doing this again. I don't know. It's just it's just bitter in a way that I respect as as I've gotten older. And now I'm going to take my hat off. I, yeah, I... That's fair. I... How do I How do I move forward from here? Um, I have... I don't have a lot of use for stories that end with, well, humanity sucks, and we're just going to keep doing the same things wrong over and over again, because what's the fucking point of your story? Like, I... I don't have, I didn't like, now, Rye, you pulled, you pulled some hope out of this one, which was nice to see. Um, I appreciated what Devilman Crybaby did, but I, I hated it viscerally and with a passion for similar reasons. 
because the the devastation of the ending, um, especially building up to the the final scene, um, is relentless. And I I don't I don't I don't have I don't see the you can read a newspaper if you want to hear about how bad things are. Um, I think I think that, and again, this is this is a personal. This is very much a kind of a personal philosophy. I think fiction should provide something more than that. Um, and I so, you know, Shinji has this this moment with the Rei and Kaoru who are kind of talking to him about like you know uh, there, there's this really good line about like the gap between your truth and another's reality and trying to bridge that and basically talking about empathy like you know trying to understand where other people are coming from and respecting that um which seems like it's leading us to oh shinji was spiraling down this path of toxicity but he's going to move forward from that and things are going to get better now you know he's made this decision to like i do actually want there to be other people in the world and we can try to communicate with each other um as individuals, like he kind of has this conversation with Ray when they're like merged in this, when they're halfway merged in the soup, um, and it so it feels like it's building to you know here's here's the worst timeline, but we're going to but it's it's going to be okay. We're going to veer it you back in, and then we just basically smash cut to that hellscape on the beach, and Shinji is strangling Asuka for reasons that don't seem to gel with any of what happened prior to that moment. Like it feels like there was supposed to have been a breakthrough in that conversation, and then there wasn't. Um, and we, you know, we just end with Asuka saying how disgusting, which, yeah, I get, again, from a spite film perspective, I get it, but from the perspective of what is this narrative trying to tell its audience, I think it's just presenting us with the worst case scenario and then walking away. And I don't see the, I just don't see the value in that. Right. Yeah. When you were talking earlier, Ryan, you're saying, you know, you know, Shinji, that this kind of like worst case Shinji resonates with, you know, a lot of stuff, uh, we see on the internet kind of like you was saying i was like well i don't i don't need a movie to to show me you know people um you know an unhappy an unhappy male person inflicting violence on a woman like that's that shit gets retweeted into my timeline you know on a daily basis where people are quote tweeting being quote tweeting somebody being like oh look how bad this person is like yeah i get so yeah similar to d i think you know just where i come down is Again, like I guess, like I said at the beginning, like as far as it being a lecture, I don't have much use for it personally, um, because I feel like the things that it's lecturing about are either a not relevant to me personally, which is you know fair enough, and like not everything has to be you know resonant um, or specifically aimed at me, but yeah, just I I guess I question the broader effectiveness of of that approach. Well, hmm. and what are we supposed to do with it at the end of the day? Like if the movie is, you know, this, like, look at how much these incel toxic fans suck. Okay. I see that. Now what? Like, like it just, it just, it just seems like it's like, well, there's nothing we can do. They're just going to be terrible forever. And that doesn't help the audience. It's maybe trying to reach. Cause again, Shinji's 14. I, I just want to back up to Shinji's 14. This is not like a 28 year old um, who's, you know, more or less fully formed like this is a 14 year old um and i don't i don't know what to do with a story that tells me terrible people exist and there's nothing that will ever they're just going to keep inflicting violence forever i don't know what to do with that film no no i was just going to say like i pretty much agree with the two of you and that 
you know, I mean, the only, there's two decent things I have to say about the movie. One, the visuals towards the end were really nice to see. Aren't they beautiful? Well, some were. Like, I was like, oh, okay, I can see why this film is iconic, sort of. And the other one's Gendo's head being ripped off. That was nice. Yeah, Isn't it good? But beyond that, like, that whole thing when he was having, when Shinji was having that conversation with his mother and, like, his mother being okay, kind of leaving her son to his own devices now. I mean, yeah, like, you know, we, we get this whole spiel about how, yeah, he's going to be okay. Like, Rain Karu come and give him, like, some kind of hope and humanity restores itself, kind of. And, yeah, but I don't, but, like, but that whole thing felt really hollow to me because everything prior to that was so spiteful and and awful that when the movie kind of goes back to trying to be hey we can be hopeful again or whatnot it feels it doesn't carry that weight I'm supposed to feel and by the end of it like yeah I don't know what to do with that ending like okay so Shinji's gonna make this mistake over and over again I mean I I um I don't know like some story like stories like that like when time goes on the loop it can be good depending on what story it is but in this case I feel like I don't know I just feel like there's so much pressure on Shinji to like do the right thing he's only 14 I mean he's not even being allowed to really grow up you know that's that's a lot of pressure to put on a child and that's one of the things that the movie brought up like oh we're leaving our our hopes and futures to Shinji I'm like why (laughs) he's just a kid (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't like I don't want my hopes and dreams to be on his shoulders. That's too much. Yeah, and and then Asuka's just stuck with him. Like, the film, the, again, the film kind of forgets that Asuka also has a perspective and just kind of, even though even though the movie is yelling at the audience for treating the characters like objects, the movie is also treating the characters like objects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I guess for me, because honestly, I'm not, the biggest fan of bleak or spiteful media catch me on Twitter yelling about Lars von Trier every other Tuesday. (laughs) Um, But I think for me, the answer to it is that the TV ending is the companion answer to the film. And I think what leads me back to it is that speech that Ray and Kaoru give is that all this could be avoided if we just loop on back to that, that honest conversation and kind of, breakthrough moment of the tv ending is like that is the solution he's offering it 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 would be different i think to me if the tv ending didn't exist and we only had end of ava but as a unit i find them very interesting yeah well and so i guess another thing that maybe plays into that is right because the final like and i think this comes explicitly in the film as they say you know basically like everybody on earth who's been uh jellified into these like people are gonna have sort of like their own specific internal option to decide like can you envision yourself as an individual apart from other people enough and then you'll be sort of like reinstated on the world at least that's that was my interpretation of kind of what's going on and now i've lost my train of thought (laughs) just i i just felt this movie kept slapping me in the face where it could like and be when the credits for i guess episode 25 in the movie started when anna goes into the whole spiel about i want to thank the five women that helped me out with this movie i'm just like 
th- that feels so empty considering there's so much violence that happens to the women and girls in this movie. With 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 yeah. seemingly no real like point to it. I mean, I mean, there's there's a point because we've we've talked about you know the the criticisms the film is making, um, but the point is the point is all in service of the male main character like it again the 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 girls kind of end up getting treated like objects for the main character's um storyline at at what point does i'm saying a thing stop being a protection of you're all while saying a thing you're also just replicating the bad thing and i think it could have been something simple like oscar fighting back or getting up and walking away or something at the end but instead we just we just end with her just sitting there and like allowing i mean and she's you know she's disgusted like she says she's disgusted by it but just kind of it's just happening like the movie is just allowing this to happen um and and yeah it just i don't know it it just ends it's hard to put into <laughs> and then oh, it just man. ends yeah. and it's hard to put into words but it is just this it's just this gut feeling of this is this is this is everything you've done with this character is is wrong for her and sets up this toxic precedent that I just don't like. And I again, I'm, I'm having a hard time putting it into words, but it really bothers me. Well, right, and that's not even getting into Ray, who um, rejects metaphorical sex with Gendo. Uh, and, inst- and what she does with that is she just goes back to Shinji uh, because he said she was like a mom, right? I mean, like, that's what happens there, and that's why she decides that, yeah, we're going to, like, go let, you know, like, let Shinji handle it again yeah yeah ray has that really great moment when she says i'm not your doll i'm my own person i'm gonna go be Uh, shinji's doll instead (laughs) huh yeah the fact that again she she kind of becomes just this symbolic figure um it's it's cool that she breaks out from gendo's control and and at least with ray i can sort of i can make the case that ray realizes what she wants and then she goes for it and yes it's centered around the male characters but at least it is focusing her agency and desires as like the center of that um asuka spends this entire movie calling shinji out fighting back against her fate and for apparently nothing apparently she's just stuck with this guy she hates yeah it's it's rough i have no defense for that um yeah i guess i don't know like i don't know where to go from here like i don't want to bring up the rebuild films too much but I'm at this point I'm like what else does he want to say with Evangelion aside from just making money the only positive thing I have to say about Rebuild is that Utada Hikaru is involved with the music but that's it I haven't seen the movies but I'm just throwing that out there um it's nice that Kaoru gets more screen time that's the end of the nice things I have to say about Rebuild <laughs> that's the thing well, you said he dies right so oh. <laughs> or does he I mean there's one more movie but yep he he still, oh, that still right. dies. I yeah. will be curious to see how rebuild ends, um, because the ending of these sh- of these various versions that Anno has himself worked on um, seem to tell you a lot about Anno's headspace at the time. So um, I am kind of curious to see how the rebuild franchise shakes out. Um, my solution to where do we go from here with End of Ava is just watch the TV ending again and go. Well, it was a little oversimplistic, but at least there's hope for these characters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, honestly, as much as I've grown fond of End of Ava, I I couldn't really recommend it except as kind of an interesting historical piece um, and sort of a 
a genuinely stupendous uh, vis- visual marvel. Like, I think that the uh, the Komsuser Todd sequence is still one of the most memorable and beautiful sequences in anime. Oh, it's a it's a gorgeous film, and the imagery is very striking. Is that the yeah. one where they're singing "Tumbling Down"? Is that the is it that song? Sometimes I sing that song in the shower and make my wife very upset about <laughs> 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 my mental health. Well, you know, not to like plug my own Twitter, but if you follow me on Twitter, you can catch me making jokes like, "Hey, what about that scene?" But instead of that song, it's "Fix You" by Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Which, you know, that came from the fact that, I, that, you know, what if Netflix had also not licensed that along with Fly Me to the Moon? You know, maybe that scene would have been, you know, even more impressive. Completely different. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I guess, well, let's close things out by asking, how do you feel, um, Isaac and Lizzie, having finally seen this large, you know, touchstone of anime culture? I'm tired. Uh, we'll bring you on to do something we'll bring you both on to do something joyful next time we have you on the podcast how's that i have have a feeling there's a lie in there but anyways uh how do i feel i feel like yeah tired a little confused and annoyed and (laughs) yeah um it's sort of mind-boggling to me why this I mean, I get why it's popular, but in a narrative standpoint, I'm like, why is it popular? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I mean, I definitely, if we're going into recommendations, like, I don't think I could re- really recommend it because I wouldn't even know how to have this conversation with people about it because I've already told like a couple of friends, like, if you want to hear any thoughts I have on the show, just listen to the podcast because I won't be able to coherently talk about it in a normal setting. But yeah, I already have friends telling me they won't listen because they hate Ava. So one of my friends is like, I love you, Lizzie, but I'm not listening to that because I hate Evangelion. I'm like, okay, that's valid, Z. I love you. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, in one sense you know i have an appreciation for it as like a historical artifact um of you know within sort of the broader culture of anime um i don't know that i have a lot of appreciation for it like on on personal terms um you know it's certainly not really like it's not definitely not like a franchise that i'm like okay i want to like know more about this and like engage with other stuff from it but you know like I think I talked in the first episode just about like recognizing some of like the visuals like and that I'd seen in things that came afterwards. Uh, so like I appreciate that element of it, and you know I think Ava is it's um like, sort of a, a predecessor of the Seikai K genre, um, which is you know all about like the fate of the world kind of rests on the resolution of like people's relationships and. Ava, it's obviously it's Shinji's relationship with himself. Um, but then you get stuff like Eureka 7, where it's the relationship between the romantic relationship between the two leads is tied into kind of the resolution of the story. So, like, there's a lot of there is some still value for me on a personal level and just like being able to make those kinds of connections and tracing this historical arc of, you know, between Ava and things that I like a lot more than it. Um, but yeah, as a self contained. 
um, thing. Like I said, I can appreciate in a lot of places, you know, what it was going for, but it's, you know, in the end, probably just not for me. Hmm. What about you, Dee, revisiting it after such a long time? Boy, my opinion on this series has changed dramatically. Um, I used to, I think I kind of had this idea that I just didn't get it. And because it throws around so much, you know, philosophical language and pseudoscience that's not actually accurate. But I did, I mean, I had a positive experience with it. And then also this feeling of like, man, I want to, you know, read more about it and like get other people's opinions about it because it's, it's so, it's so complicated and smart. And uh, I don't think it's actually as complicated as I thought it was. Um, I would re I, I would reevaluate my my previous. I have occasionally made offhandedly named it in the like anime masterpieces list short very very short list. Um, I don't I would not be doing that anymore. Um, I think it's a very messy very personal story. I appreciate certain things about it a lot more than I used to. Um, other than the movie, which I'm really I, I think have made very clear on this podcast that I. I it is definitely not for me. Um, I think I, I think overall my opinions on it are still fairly positive, but I see it as a much a much messier story than I did in the past. Um, a lot more flawed than I think a lot of people are uh, talk discuss with it, and I think those flaws are interesting. So I think that's I think those those conversations are worth having. Um, in the same way, I love Shigeyugi with all my heart, but boy, howdy, does it have problems? But talking about those problems is very valuable because there are there are like interesting conversations that can come out of those criticisms. Um, For me, as far as recommendations go, it's the kind of thing where from a historical perspective, um, almost an academic perspective, it's the kind of thing I would give to somebody if they're interested in the genre as a whole, in the medium, sorry, and it's not a genre, it's a medium. Um, The, you know, the influences behind that, the historical significance of Ava, I think there is a lot to talk about in it, as these podcasts have suggested. Um, If somebody came to me and was like, I'm just looking for a fun anime to watch over the weekend, (laughs) Ava would not be, Ava would not be on that list. Um, Yeah, no. So, or even on the list of like, what's a show that you just love and you think I'll love? Because like, Shoga no Kurakugo Shinju is not a fun show to watch over the weekend. Um, but it is, it's still one that I would, I, I will recommend like loudly. Um, it's a better show than Ava. Yeah. It's, well, it's much more coherently put together and gracefully narrative and actually gives all of its characters satisfying arcs instead of forgetting about them at the end for uh, <laughs> various, various creator reasons. Uh, some of which are, are valid. Um, very valid, in fact. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say my feelings about Ava are a lot more complicated than they were before we started this, and my sort of shrug attitude that I had going into this is a little bit stronger now, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, same. Um, but I, I still think it is, I still think it is a series that is, I, it's, it's important to talk about, it's valid to talk about, I'm glad that we're still talking about it, um, but let's, let's also maybe not treat it like it's, a flawless work yeah. of untouchable perfection because it's it's definitely not that it's, it's not it's not no. it is not yeah. a masterpiece oh <laughs> I, I, I know i'm going there <laughs> i'm trying to be kind i'm trying it's well it's interesting to me d that you brought up fushiki yugi because i feel like you and i are through the mirror on how we ended up at the end of that podcast yeah We're, Except that Evangelion is overhyped as to as opposed to over trashed. Yeah, because that that is a big difference, huh? Uh huh. 
Because, like, I, I agree, Ava is, it does Ava a tremendous disservice to call it a flawless masterpiece. I think its flaws are as interesting as what it does well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but re-watching this has been, with new people, has been really fun and special for me as somebody who has not watched Ava in full since I was in college. Um, and I will never be able to separate myself from the show just because of how very, very much I see myself in Shinji at that age. Um, and just all them gender feels though. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, and so to me, it's, it's a show that's both very personal and where those, those accomplishments it makes and, uh, stick out more and where the flaws are almost some of them are intensely frustrating almost all of them around the female characters but a lot of the stuff around its handling of mental health have become almost endearing to me over time sure. just like the the sheer earnestness of it oh absolutely and, like i ava's ava's still it's not in my top 10 anymore like it was when i was younger but it's still solidly in my top 20 and i think i'll i'll always have a, a soft spot in my heart for it so thank thanks all of you for doing this even if it even if it didn't end up being for you well i mean i really have to i feel like commend you for you know taking a show like this and watching it with a couple doobies who may or may not have liked it because like what you're living through right now is like my worst nightmare for my favorite (laughs) shows like to go on a podcast and be like i love this thing and then have people be like yeah 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 no like that is my worst nightmare so I, oh i had this I'm, coming I, I just i commend you for that because i don't know if i could do it myself yeah I, I i did this very thing to to poor miranda sanchez when i watched all of kill the kill which she adores and did not like it very much so it's fine i had this coming that's part of the watch along format um but yeah i i, I agree with, with isaac thanks for thanks for inviting us on and taking us on this journey and mm-hmm. you know i mean I think it's, we've talked about this a little bit in past episodes, but this is a show that tends to ignite uh, passionate feelings because it is so personal. And if the if the messiness of that clicks for you, it clicks really hard. And if it doesn't, it just doesn't. Um, and it's so, I think fandom has a tendency to get into this sense of, how do I word this? You're criticizing this. You're criticizing me. You're mm-hmm. you're saying that I'm not valid, and like that's I just I need to make that as a hundred percent crystal clear as I can. Assuming that uh, people haven't rage quit by this point um, after after the criticisms we've been we've been launching this past hour, but like that's not what's happening. Uh, it is you know a hundred percent valid and important that this show you know resonated with with you, Vry, and with other listeners and that's that's great and I I never want to take that away from people you know sometimes I'll criticize stuff and people will come at me like well I liked it I'm like good I'm glad that wasn't I'm excellent I you know if you want to write an article about why that why it resonated with you like I might we might publish that um but you know that's that's never the intention it's just you know everyone has their own perspectives on things and you know I think this was a good group to get together because it does seem like we had we had pretty uh, diverse reactions to it a lot of the time, and I I like that I appreciate that I think that that is one of the reasons Ava has val- value is because of the way it um, different audience members respond to it. Yeah, and I think the fact that it continues to 
sparks such different responses, no matter how many years passed, is what's always going to make it kind of special, if not an unimpeachable masterpiece. I'm sorry I made it all the way to the end, but Utena is such a it's, it's a much better anime. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Isaac and I were talking about it off mic, about we, the comparisons. There were, we made so many comparisons about that's... Ava and Utena. But yeah. I mean, all I'll say is that... Uh, Allegedly, Ikuhara was the basis for Kaoru, and that's very sweet. Aww. Aww. That's, see, that, we should end it on that note. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're friends, and it's nice. We ended on an awe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for joining us for this very interesting and special watch-along. As uh, one last time, I will remind you to be civil in the comments. <laughs> We've been civil on the podcast. You can do the same. Yeah. We believe Good in job. you. We've tr- Listen, I've tried my best. <laughs> I can do it. You can do it too, listener. All right. Well, if you liked this podcast, you can find more of it by going to our SoundCloud and looking up Chatty AF, or you can go to our website, which is animefeminist.com. If you really liked this episode, why not go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash animefeminist and consider pitching us a dollar a month. Every little contribution really helps us to create more content on the page and in your ears. You can also find us on social media by going to our Facebook at Anime Femme, our Tumblr at Anime Feminist, and our Twitter at Anime Feminist. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, it's okay to like yourself. Hey guys, we com- we can we completed the watch along. Congratulations! Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> yes, we pressed stop now. <laughs> <laughs>